Oh, Mr. Shirley, uh, we got your Christmas card the other day, and my family and I are very flattered that you remembered us. Corporate cards. Don't forget that report, Bill. Yes, sir. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. Kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah. turns into a big disaster why did i say it like that clark griswold (laughs) i was kind of wondering about that seven feet tall (laughs) (laughs) to clark griswold you guys talking about clark griswold I know him. I want to buy you a drink anyway. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the theater. This is Extras and Epilogues. Tonight we are talking about National Lampoon's Loaded Weapon 1, starring Chevy Chase, (laughs) Beverly D'Angelo. No, it's hey, it's Christmas Vacation. It is the quintessential Christmas film. Now, a lot of the times on the website... And in the description, I'll put classic. It's the sci-fi classic. It's the, you know, modern (laughs) classic. Well, tonight, I promise not to use that old word again. That word's retired temporarily, as I will call it the quintessential Christmas film. It's quite adequate when it comes to Christmas (laughs) films. My name is Shannon Young. I'm going to be your host tonight and only your host tonight because let me, let me, let me be real with you. I thought this is going I thought it would be very easy to put Christmas Vacation on at the store today, but it turns out running a business while also running a professional wrestling promotion (laughs) eats up a lot of your free time. So I, unfortunately, was unable to watch this film. So I will will serve as the host, and I will pass the questions around like the journalist that I was goddamn raised to be. I'm mostly just sad that you haven't gotten to see it yet because you've never seen this. I've movie, never seen and that, it. No. That makes me sad. You, I, I really want you to see it. I think I'm going to play it at the Christmas party. That's my plan now. I'm putting it on the TV while you guys are here. Okay. And, and make sure see it. we put it on before all the alcohol. So, so we remember <laughs> no, it. Oh, man. It just gets better, honestly. As, <laughs> as it goes. That voice you hear with me, of course, that's Double H. He's here with us. He has seen the film more than once. That's right. Many times, and I'm going to use this opportunity to to introduce Steven because I want to do it in a very specific way. Okay. And I think he probably knows where this is going. Uh, Shannon, if you're looking for a last-minute gift idea for me, I have one. I'd like Stephen Bright, my friend, right here tonight. And I want to brought from his little happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And what I'm brought right here with a, a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap... Lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed, sack-of-monkey shit he is. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? Stephen Bright, ladies and gentlemen. I, I got a one-year subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> Stephen, that's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year round. 
I he sure does, Hunter. I don't understand sure any of this. Um, <laughs> release, <laughs> release December 1st, 1989. Uh, it's a Christmassy time film directed, uh, written and directed by John Hughes and Jeremiah S. Chechik. I believe is how you say that. So, yeah, so a little, uh, just a minor bit of history behind that. John Hughes, again, an incredible, is the indelible man. writer in is the man. He yeah. is the man. Again, yeah. 80, the 80s were ruled by John Hughes. And in the early 90s, he handled Home Alone as well, which we right. which we uh, talked about last week. Yeah. Um, famously did not direct these movies, though. Uh, Chris Columbus was the director for, for Home Alone. Chris Columbus was also going to be the director for this movie, <laughs> which came out a, a year before Home Alone. Um and Chris Columbus very quickly figured out that he could not work with Chevy Chase. They were what? around each other for about a day and could not do it. What? So, yeah, Columbus goes to John Hughes, says, I really want to do this movie because you've written it and it's a great movie, but I can't work with him. Is there anything else that you've done? He wanted off the project and away from Chevy Chase so badly he would give it up to hope that John Hughes would write another movie. And Hughes was working on Home Alone and said, I got something else in the works. He passed on to that. Home Alone then goes on to make like four times the money that this movie did. Um, All right, well, Chechik, or Chechik is one of those guys who worked with, he had worked with Chevy Chase before, and that's why they brought him in, and that's exclusively why they brought him in. All right, well, I'll ask the question now. You don't have to tell me which movie you think is better. Well, no, never mind, because that is the question. I was going to say, <laughs> which one do you think is better, this or Home Alone? But we'll save it for a little bit later. You mentioned yes, yeah, that, yeah. that Home Alone made more, but doesn't necessarily mean yeah. it's a better film. I am curious to see what sure. you think. So sure. this, this movie does star Chevy Chase, obviously. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo, crush that crush button. Randy Quaid, crush that <laughs> fucking mental help Maniac button. button. Please. <laughs> And Johnny he's Galecki. so good in this movie. If, well, he's a great can, actor, right? If you can set aside all the bullshit that comes out oh, later. Oh God, Stephen, did you ever um, hear? Uh, did you ever hear the stories about Randy Quaid? I heard like he just went kind of nuts. Yes, and like was all conspiracy theorist and whatnot. I believe uh, he lives in the mountains or something. I believe like he put a video out where he fucks someone in an Obama mask. I believe. Oh, it's, oh. Just, it's just a whole thing. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. It's on heavy.com. Watch Randy Quaid fuck his wife in a Rupert Murdoch mask. Good. Rupert Murdoch. What happened to oh, Like, no oh. shit. Randy Quaid. Fuck? Randy Quaid used to be uh. one of my absolute favorite actors. I'm not kidding. He was one of my favorites. I, I thought he was hilarious. He was in so many good films that I loved. Uh, he was in Kingpin. He was in Independence Day. I, I really loved yeah. Randy Quaid. I liked him more yeah. than his, his brother, Dennis. Um, that is over. That time period is over. This, for what it's worth, this is one of those movies, too, that um, has a gigantic ensemble cast. And I literally just listed, again, the four main people that show. So Chevy Chase, obviously the star of the movie. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo coming back from previous vacation movies. Randy Quaid also coming back from the original vacation film. Uh, Johnny Galecki, I think, comes in fourth mainly because of what he went on to do, specifically The Big Bang Theory, of course, being his big like kind of claim to fame. But if you were to name more famous people in the movie who had maybe lesser roles, because Johnny likely play, plays Russ, plays the the son, Chevy's son, um, mm-hmm. or Clark's son. Um, Juliette Lewis is in this movie. She's uh, Audrey, his sister. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is in this movie as, as one of the neighbors. Uh, Brian Doyle Murray also in this Love movie. Uh, I think 
Lindsay, Lindsay will really appreciate this one. May Questel, I think is how you pronounce her name. So Aunt Bethany, who's a pretty like iconic, you know, sort of famous character from this this film, the one who's just uh, has no idea what's going on around her. She says the Pledge of Allegiance instead of the the blessing at dinner. Um, she was the original voice of Betty Boop. Okay, and so I... this is her last. Yeah, when I mean when you look oh at her, God. you can see she wasn't just the voice. <laughs> Hang on, I got the uh, I got the image coming up here. She wasn't just the voice. She I think she probably boop. was she also was the, the model. I mean, look or... at that. Oh, like, she, looks just like, not... she looks just like Betty Boop. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. This, I... this was sadly her last film role. She Aww. she was in this movie, and then she she wasn't in anything after that because she passed away a few years later. So um, I always recognized her. You know, yep. and like just by the voice, and I just yep. like, why do I know this woman? I've never found out. You know, I just never bothered to look into it. So, yeah. wow, that's amazing. Yep, that's who she was. She was the original Betty Boop voice. She also voiced uh, Olive Oil and Popeye for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was really she was one of the first kind of big voice actors in that way. Fantastic. And I and I know her. Grace, she died thirty years ago. Today, <laughs> she she very much has like uh, most of the like specifically iconic quotes from this movie. Again, the the reciting the pledge of allegiance and the uh, all the different stuff. She I still love, and I didn't find this out until recently. When <laughs> Stephen, you knew what I'm talking about when uh, Clark is walking her up to the front porch, and of course she asks, you know, is your house on fire, Clark? Because all the lights are too intense. One of the things she says is, "Is Rusty still in the Navy?" Which is kind of funny because Rusty's like you know. 10 in this movie he's like mm-hmm. 10 11 12 mm-hmm. but evidently you know there's a part early on in the movie where where chevy's watching the old home movie clark sorry i'm gonna keep doing that regularly just bear with me clark is stuck in the attic and he's watching the old home movies and mm-hmm. he watches one from like 59 there is a character in those old black and white movies he's watching who's in a navy uniform and so the theory is that another of her like nephews or grandsons or something was also named Rust, because apparently Rusty is a like a junior or a third or something, and so it's oh she's remembering a di- it's like kind of sad she's remembering a different Rusty and just replacing him with him because the names are the same. I oh think God. if um, if I read correctly, she's talking about her uh, one of hers. His name was Rusty Shackelford. Yes, <laughs> he uh, he carried pocket sand everywhere that he went. For th- those of you listening tonight, I will provide very little entertainment in this episode, <laughs> and mostly become a nuisance by the end of it. I disagree, <laughs> Hunter. This is a uh, ninety-seven minutes. That's the sweet yep. spot. It's it really is the sweet spot. It's it's not. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a little over an hour and a half, but we're not shooting for exactly an hour and a half. Right. And it's a movie with with no wasted motion. When I was a kid, I used to think that there were at least a couple parts. Where I'm like, yeah, you could you could probably cut that. Um, but of course, it was the sentimental stuff. It's the emotional stuff. Um, which now you watch and go, ah, you kind of need to have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So for for the uninitiated, there is a part. Um, where the family goes out shopping, Clark has gone up in the attic to move some gifts around that he's hidden, and he gets stuck up there. And so until the family gets back, he's just trapped. He can't do anything. He finds a box of, of like old clothes to bundle <clears> up <throat> in because he's cold, and then he finds this box of home movies, and he manages to set the projector up. Like, it's a little old reel-to-reel black-and-white projector, and he watches his old family Christmas. And, of course, they're chaos, right? I mean, it's everything's going poorly, 
Uh, at this point in the movie, he hasn't quite run into everything falling apart yet, and he's just remembering that even though it was bad, like it was, it was family. There's his dad, there's his mom, and his grandparents, and all that. And he's literally, I mean, when they cut to Chevy, he's sitting there with his. It's kind of an iconic shot with his his hand, his chin on his uh, fist, and he's crying. I mean, there's just a tear, just you know, dripping down. It's so sweet. Now, of course, um, but as a kid, I was like, "All right, come on, get back to the funny stuff. Let's go." <laughs> <laughs> that you know that that reminds me of. Since I can't comment on this film much, I can make comparisons to other films that I have seen. Yeah. And that reminds me of the scene that always makes me cry in a Christmas movie, and it's one we're going to talk about. I think next week is the part in Scrooged where yes. Bill Murray goes back in time and sees his mother. Um, yeah. uh, that movie is hard for me to watch specifically for that yeah. scene. Um, it makes me cry all over the place. So if it's anything like that, I feel like at this point in the movie, when I do eventually watch it, I'm going to be turning away from everyone else as <laughs> the, the waterworks have started. Steven, what's the single greatest moment in a Christmas film? Uh, is this a bit or is, are you asking my opinion? Um, well, I'm asking for the right answer. And if you don't get it right, I'll tell you what it is. Okay, well, <laughs> I feel like, ah, uh, man. I, I mean, I never watched Scrooge, so I can't really pull from that if it's from there. Um, How dare you not least... watch a Christmas classic from the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> I know, you. and I love Bill Murray. I love Bill Murray. Um, I, I, I full on thought Steven said Bill Newman, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Uh, Bill no, Newman. I. Oh, new. I honestly don't have a favorite moment. I didn't ask I you what your favorite don't... was. I asked you what the best one was. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? How about you tell me? How about All right. That? I'll just tell you. <laughs> have you ever seen Gremlins? Yes. It's the part where Phoebe Cates tells the story about her dad at Christmas time. That part is Aww. so fucking dark for a kid's Ooh, movie. Yeah. Do you remember the part I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, fingers crossed and God willing, we'll be talking about that in a couple of weeks as well. Yeah. So, <laughs> Steven, do you know the part I'm talking about? Um, I want to say that I do, but to be honest, it's been a while she, since I watched Gremlins. Really so, yeah. quick, and then we'll get back to this film that we're talking about. It's yeah. Phoebe Cates talking about the time that her dad went missing. And then they found him in the chimney after Christmas. He had dressed up yes! like Santa and broke his neck. Oh my God! Oh what a, my it's God. so dark yeah. that in the Gremlin sequel they added a joke about President's Day. I think just to to, to make fun of that because it was so it was so bleak, man. That first yeah. Gremlins movie. Oh, <laughs> speaking of bleak though, Randy Quaid. <laughs> That's it. Just say that. That's Budget fine. versus box office: twenty five million dollars versus seventy three million. It is a hit. This is a hit. It is classic, and it was yeah. a hit. Critical reception: seventy percent. Critical approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. 49 out of 100 on Metacritic. That is mixed or average with a B-plus audience approval rating on CinemaScore. But, Hunter, all those things set aside, you said this is your favorite Christmas movie of all time. Yeah, so so <laughs> importantly, this is one of those movies that is what we would, uh, at the time, and I guess kind of now, although the definition has shifted a little bit, it kind of became a cult classic or more like a holiday cult classic. Um, despite the fact that it came out December 1st, this thing was up against Back to the Future Part 2. Yeah, And... 
Yeah, so it didn't really stand a strong chance at the box office. It did eventually overtake it, and it was number one, if I remember correctly, like two or three weeks after that, like much closer to Christmas. Um, but Back to the Future Part Two was highly anticipated, a great sci like one of the best sci-fi movies, um, a, a great sequel in and of its own right, probably the best part of that entire trilogy, all things considered. Uh, I mean, it just had a lot of heavy hitting to deal with in that way. So while it didn't make, you know, a ton at the box office, it did triple its budget almost, which is pretty nice. Um, but reviews of the time were very much, I mean, this was the last Chevy Chase movie that did really well at the time because he started slipping pretty quickly after this as we headed into the 90s. Uh, he had left SNL because he was a huge star there. He was like one of the most highly regarded people there. Uh, did a bunch of pretty successful movies between Fletch and Funny Farm and some other things. Uh, but this was kind of the last one before finally getting back to another vacation movie in the 90s with Vegas Vacation, which was also not great. Um, but it, yeah, it's very much a a movie that didn't really have a strong footing at the time, a decent one. It really took that connection with Christmas and being shown regularly uh, and really just kind of highlighting the, like the last kind of the last vestiges of Chevy chase being at the height of his, his uh, prime. Um, Cause he I was think huge. that's really what does it in. Oh, he was he, huge. He was he huge was, at the time. Again, he was the first big breakout star from SNL. Now, all of those guys were huge stars between him and Aykroyd and Belushi and Murray, but it was Chevy chase who went, I'm bigger than the show. I'm leaving. Like he was only there for a year or two, if I remember correctly. And then he was gone. Yeah. Um, hopefully you'll be hearing more about that in the next episode of the inquest, which I'm attempting to have out by the end of the year, which is crazy. We'll see. An all new inquest dedicated entirely to Chevy chase. I never thought I'd see the day, but <laughs> <laughs> me either. Yeah. No, when I was a kid, man, Chevy chase, I think Chevy chase was one of my dad's favorites too. I know my dad loved this movie. Yeah. I think my mom liked it oh, too, yeah. but um, I, I know if I did watch it, I don't remember it. But I don't remember a lot of what we watched back then unless it was like Gunsmoke or, you know, some John Wayne historical accurate drama. What about you, though, Stephen? <laughs> Did you see this movie growing up or is this more of a oh, recent watch? No, no, no. My mother, she she loves this movie. I think this is her favorite Christmas movie, hands down. And I watched this when I was growing up. Uh, I want to say maybe five or six is when I first started. So a lot of the jokes kind of just went over my head. And, you know, Christmas movie during Christmas time, that was just the thing you did. I, I did find some stuff funny, you know, the... The whole uh, people being set on fire and the cat. Uh, oh, I'm spoilers, so. <laughs> you, you get spoiled, Steven. It's okay. It's all right. Okay. It's all right. Well, just the yeah, gags it's... in general. Like, basically just the slapstick stuff. You know, just the easy yeah. laughs and all that. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, no, rewatching it, a lot of stuff I was picking up on. Uh, I never got the uh, fantasy about the pool that he had, Hunter, uh, yeah. whenever he was staring out. Same. Me as a kid, Same I was woman. like, why Why is this guy crazy? Like, this, like is this <laughs> happening? What the it, fuck is, is happening? This, uh, <laughs> is this the attractive girl in the pool? Yes. yes. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it always the same girl, too, like in all of his little fantasies? Well, in, in well, this one, it's the <clears throat> same woman who he interacts with at the mall earlier yeah, on. Yeah, talking the, about underwear yeah. for his wife or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Steven, I'm glad you mentioned that scene because specifically it is such a good encapsulation of like where this movie goes in terms of we're going to get everybody. So it's 
it's uh slapsticky in that it's like kind of over the top and goofy it's like mm-hmm. a little too raunchy like an 80s movie would be but there's also stuff that you don't always catch the first time and then you watch a couple of different times one of the things that makes me laugh harder than anything and it's mostly because it makes my dad laugh super hard this is also my dad's favorite christmas movie which is why <laughs> it's impressed upon me the same way he introduced me to ghostbusters and tombstone this was at our house in rotation my entire childhood um <laughs> when Clark first imagines the pool, it's nice, right? His family's out there. He's flown the family in. They're enjoying it. A couple of kids on the diving board, whatever. When he imagines it again, before the woman shows up and everybody disappears, cousin Eddie shows up, right? Yes. And in, his, in, in, in Clark's head, Eddie is literally wearing, you know, an undershirt with like a t-shirt. He's got a <laughs> snorkel on and flippers. He's got the dumb like thing around his waist. But the part that cracks me up the most every time he's drinking a beer on the on the diving board, he has a towel and he's like whipping it around his head and then he just whips it into the pool. <laughs> like it's the most fucking peckerwood thing you can do. <laughs> and it slays me every time because it's just such stupid physical comedy. And of course then they melt away and then everyone else is is left there. Um oh god, that scene is so fucking stupidly good. Is it this great. is it this buxom young woman in a red swimsuit? Scorsese is her last name. I don't know that she's related to um to Martin and and the rest of the Scorsese crew, but yeah, that's probably who you're talking about. Gotcha. I'm looking for good um well this sounds bad from the start. I'm looking for pictures for well, no, that still sounds bad. I'm looking for the po- the preview poster that I always do. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Steven, need, go on. Tell us more the... about the film. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I mean, again. Uh, well, Hunter, all right, so for for people out there, yeah. Sorry, Stephen. For people out there yeah, who who haven't seen the film, whoever they might be, tell us what the film is about. <laughs> so uh, this is, for what it's worth, it's part of a series. In case you somehow haven't picked up on that, National Lampoon's Vacation comes out in the late seventies, if I remember correctly. Um, and that one originally is based on a, a John Hughes story, a story that appeared in the National Lampoon, the actual uh, magazine about a vacation he took with his family. And so Clark Griswold is basically an invention of John Hughes to kind of ape uh, his own father, kind of riff on his own his own dad and his own family vacations. That movie is is incredible. It's great. Um, it's the family going on a cross country road trip. They're going from Chicago, so they're kind of halfway there to start, but they're going from there all the way to what is the in-universe version of Disneyland, Wally World in California, uh, and they're going to drive there. They're going to go to the Grand Canyon and everything. There's a great scene in East St. Louis, if you've never seen it. Um, it's very funny, very stereotypical, but it's also very funny. So they follow this up with the European vacation, which is fine, but not quite as good. It's got some funny moments. The roundabout scene is pretty great, but it's okay. Christmas Vacation is the first one where, also importantly, um, just like in Home Alone, how you never see Kevin's room, despite the fact that he's stuck in his own home, the family doesn't go on vacation. They don't leave the Griswold house. It's kind of erroneously named, but Clark is, uh, as he's mentioned by one of his, uh, or you know, kind of dubbed by one of his co-workers, sort of the last true family man. And he wants to have this big, fat, old-fashioned family Christmas. He's got this huge house, him and his wife and his two kids, very nuclear family. And he wants to have everybody in, the in-laws, his parents, the cousins, um, everybody. And and literally everything that could go wrong does go wrong. Putting up the lights goes wrong. Getting the Christmas tree goes wrong. The neighbors are stuffy and pretentious, and they're constantly you know, giving him a hard time and giving him shit. Uh, the rest of the family doesn't like each other. 
the real turning point is cousin Eddie shows up uninvited and Eddie is about as, as boorish as they get. And, the, and that is Randy Quaid. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Who we, who we'd seen previously in the original vacation movie, they stopped at Eddie's place on their way out to California. He's in <laughs> Arizona. Um, shows up in an RV with his family. It's junky. It's horrible. So everything that's, that's already gone bad for clerk is about to get worse because Eddie is just absolute chaos in a, in a, uh, you know, goofy in an RV flap hat. Yeah. And in an RV, um, <laughs> as the movie goes on, the big sort of conflict is that Clark has already set up that he's going to put a pool in at their house. This is the big surprise Christmas gift to the whole family is that he's planning to put in this pool. He's going to reveal this on Christmas day. Uh, and he's expecting his holiday bonus to pay for it. But the bonus hasn't arrived yet, and it's kind of lurking in the background of it's still not there. It's still not there. Clark's getting more and more tense. He doesn't have the money. Um, and so without, again, spoiling anything for those who haven't seen it, uh, it's the reveal of the the end of that and the final like bits of chaos is just – it's very much a – a car crash, a money in the bank ladder batch of a movie. Every scene is like a new big setup, 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 crazy thing happens, setup, 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 crazy thing happens. Um, but it's just the comedic timing is incredible. It's the late eighties. So of course it's uh, again, the stars of the era doing the things that they do best. It's just, it's just good stuff. That's what it is. I, uh, I never knew that this was actually a series of movies. Yeah. This is actually the only vacation movie I have ever seen. Well, you, don't, never you mean like until just now? No, no, no. no. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I no, thought no, no. You, you just heard that now and you were like mind blown. <laughs> no, no, no. So I do films. like, <laughs> so when, you know, when I was growing up, I, you know, this is the only vacation movie I watched. So I never mm-hmm. knew the other ones. And then later it's like, oh, of course there's a vacation. And then it was like, what, Vegas vacation Christmas. and like Euro vacation. Yes. Yeah, so, or I so meant so like the, order, the release order is vacation, European vacation, European, Christmas yeah. vacation, Vegas vacation, and then the rebooted one that was just called vacation and not national. Oh, vacation. I didn't, was that a reboot uh, or was that about his kids? Or not? Yeah, sir. Not a reboot. It's a it's a continuation, but it's kind of like a soft reboot. So it's yeah. Ed Helms playing a grown up version of Rusty, Rusty. Yeah. who's now taking his family to Wally World. And yeah, Chevy and Beverly and Angela have like a a brief cameo, I think, at the beginning of the movie to kind of set that up. But again, it's basically a remake because they're doing the exact same, exact same thing shit. that his family did in the first <laughs> movie. I hear yeah. it's fine. It's not great. I haven't seen it, but I, I hear it's it's fine. Yeah, it's yeah, it's I just, <laughs> I just like, yeah, never, never got around to watching those. So, I will probably have to check out the vacation at some point. Stephen, so, did you ever question why the movie was called Christmas Vacation? Did that ever? No, because it was during Christmas. Stephen, even I knew that That's... this was a series. <laughs> I guess. I, think, I think the reason I didn't think of it when I was a kid is because. You think of the phrase Christmas vacation as this is when I'm, you know, on break from school, not necessarily I'm yeah. going somewhere. Yeah, and so and that for makes the kids, sense. it is Christmas vacation, yeah. right? For Rusty and Audrey, that's what it is. And I was a kid and I was a dumb kid, and that's what I'm thinking of. You know, I'm not thinking of the fact that the family's not going anywhere. They're staying there the whole time. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm looking uh, through the cast good. list of that new vacation film, and they, they list all the people that have played Rusty over the, the films. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a so, who's who here. You got uh, Anthony Michael Hall, Johnny Galecki, yep. uh, and Ethan Embry all played Rusty yep. at one point, which is pretty crazy. So 
and Audrey also changes regularly. There's it's kind of a running joke. Uh, Leslie Mann why they didn't. Yeah. 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 I forget why they didn't bring them back. Um, I know at least one time it was like a contractual thing or they couldn't get the, the, the money didn't work. They were too old, something like that. And so it became a running gag by basically by this movie that every time they looked a little different because they were always they were always different kids. This is, if I remember correctly, the only one where the ages start getting weird because in the first movie, they're meant to be kind of the same age. Juliet Lewis is clearly significantly older than Johnny Galecki in this movie. And so it doesn't really kind of make. And then by Vegas Vacation, Ethan Embry is pretty well the same age as the the girl that played uh, Audrey in that movie. So then it kind of goes back and it's it's a little it's a little weird. It's kind of an inside gag that that's happening. Steven, uh, I, you know Audrey in this film, but did you ever see Audrey 2? What? <laughs> what? That's a little shop of horrors gag. That's a little uh, little shop of horrors humor there for you, Steven. Yeah, it's a little oh, bit man. there. you never seen I know, that one I saw either? Um, okay, so I watched it once when I was like 10. <laughs> little shop of horrors. I remember the guy chopping up the dude and feeding it to the plants and when i was a little oh yeah the guy chopping up the dude (laughs) (laughs) i I was a little little squeamish when i was a little kid and uh i didn't like to watch those movies i don't like people dying but now it's it's okay i did that play (laughs) in college i did the theater i was the understudy for the plants and then I played the John Candy role, and I also played yeah. a, a married man. My wife in the play was played by my real-life girlfriend at the time, Stephen, who dumped me moments before we went on stage for the first time. There is a video somewhere in this house Lindsay has of that of that of <laughs> that performance where you see me walk out, and you can pinpoint the moment my heart breaks as I hold I my ex-girlfriend's say. hand. <laughs> It, I was gonna say, is it inappropriate to make the Simpsons joke? No, look, if you no. pause it at the right time, it's absolutely <laughs> appropriate. I laugh now. <laughs> <laughs> what? What made you think that was a good idea? I don't know. Well, what makes anybody think it's a good she idea didn't to break be up in the relationship me. anymore? Yeah. Apparently, Stephen. Yeah. God, Thanks for you're bringing it up again. You're though. cold-hearted. <laughs> you're colder than Christmas. <laughs> Not around oh, here. Man. All right, so since I can <laughs> offer nothing to this, Hunter, what's something you don't like about the film? Is there is there are there any um, are there any patches that even though this is a classic and you love it, is there something about this film that you don't care for? I know you said <sighs> the sentimental stuff when you were a kid, but now as an adult and a well-adjusted young man, what do you think? <laughs> it's it's almost exactly the same minor complaints that I have about Ghostbusters because it is a late '80s movie. It's got to get a little raunchy. Like it's just it's there. They were designed that way. You couldn't get around it for whatever reason. And watching it now is like, ah, you didn't have to do that. So while Clark is in many ways, this sort of lovable goof, this kind of admirable, again, family man wants to have a big family Christmas and just can't get anything right. He also, as Stephen was talking about earlier, there's a scene early in the movie where he's at the mall, he's doing some Christmas shopping, and he's trying to hes supposedly get something for his wife, like some lingerie or whatever, but he's very clearly just hitting on the woman who is, is at the counter. Um, there's a running gag of him saying breast-related words instead of what he means to say, oh, it's, uh, you know, if it got any hooter, I mean hotter in here, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, it's, it's it's like classic Chevy Chase kind of dumb shit. 
The worst part about it, though, is that he legitimately at one point in time says that he's there to get something for his wife. And then he says, God rest her soul and starts pretending like she's dead. And when the woman checks him on it, he goes, oh, oh, no, she's not dead. She just we're just, you know, divorced, which is also not true. <laughs> and again, importantly, this guy and you said it yourself earlier, this guy's married to Beverly D'Angelo in this movie. Right. So and they used to call her the smoke just, show and they still do. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those things where you go, ah, man, he said that that makes him a dick. And that briefly makes you because most of the time, even if Clark is kind of again a dumbass you're rooting for him in a lot of ways um the shit that's gone wrong is not his fault for the most part like he he's really trying to have a a family christmas and bring people together and things are just going poorly except when he's trying to fuck the girl in the store that's that's it and so then again when the pool scene comes around that's what he's imagining and you're like come on dude like yeah we're gonna do this again that's legitimately i think the only thing that makes me go yeah that's uncomfortable don't 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 like that part um, and I'm not defending it, but I get it. It was the late '80s. This is how they did comedy. That's that's what was going on at the time. It was the de rigueur of the, you know, the time. But I just, yeah, I can live without that. It part. left a bad taste in your mouth. It's again, it's the Ghostbusters blowjob bit. Like yeah. I, I don't need that scene. You can no. cut that whole thing out. And it'd be completely fine. pointless. Completely pointless yeah. scene. Stephen, yeah. what about you? What about this film? Did you not like? Honestly, I. It's the same sentiment with Hunter. Like. He he is lovable, but he has scenes that he's just a straight up asshole and makes you not like him. And at some points, and it's it's hard to really like, you know, like see past that sometimes. But again, overall, the movie I think works. It's just just need to cut those and like some director's cut or something. If you yeah, if you catch it on TV which is not as common nowadays, obviously, but if you watch it on TV, they do cut most, if not all of those scenes. And it actually ends up in that way, making it a better movie. Now they also Mm -hmm. cut a bunch of lines um, Mm. that end up being some of the funniest lines, that whole spiel that I did at the beginning, they cut a big chunk of that, obviously. um, And it's, it's not as funny when that's the case. You need that to go on long enough that you're like, okay, it's not funny anymore. Now it's uncomfortable. And then it swings back around to funny. That's the best kind of comedy. Yeah. Exactly. When it, when it goes from yeah. funny to uncomfortable back to funny. That's my favorite. That's yes. my, <laughs> that's my job. Hallelujah. Yep. That's God. the bit. Holy shit. Where's the Uh Steven, lastly, uh, what, what's your favorite scene in the film? What's your favorite part? Ooh, that's, Ah uh, man, I really quite enjoy. I don't know if it's the scene. I think my favorite line. It it's just a simple line. It's like, Dad, that won't even fit in our yard. And he goes, <laughs> "It's not going in the yard. It's going in our living room. It's going in our living room." The whole <laughs> bit with the tree is so good. It is. Oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> what about what about you, um, Hunter? What's your favorite scene? I knew you were going to do that to me and you were going to make me pick. And it's going to be so difficult because this whole movie is so fucking funny. Um, oh, man. I do, I do the, like Grant. Uh, Aunt Bethany saying Grace. Oh, Bethany. Yeah, Grace, oh, she passed away 30 years ago. <laughs> um, I am Okay, actually, probably because I'm, I'm going to pick a longer section than I should because it's not a full scene or it's not just a single scene. Uh, but basically most of that dinner. So Christmas Eve dinner is is where the the show really kind of like <laughs> comes to a screeching halt. Um, <laughs> they get the turkey down to the end of the table. It looks really nice from the outside. And Clark does this whole thing. He's going to carve it up. 
Eddie, uh, it's Eddie's Eddie's wife, um, whose name is escaping me right now, because Eddie is there and they're just kind of dealing with it. Catherine, her name's Catherine. And he says, you know, Catherine, if this, he goes to cut it and just stops right short. He says, Catherine, if this turkey looks half or uh, tastes half as good as it looks, I think we're all in for a real big treat. And they get very excited. The music does this nice little sentimental swell. Clark cuts it and it like, it rips open almost like a balloon that's deflating and they make this god awful noise that's like shooting steam they put it in too early basically they dried it out way too much and looks so everyone disgusting. is kind of freaking out she starts crying and clark is like trying to kind of hide it all and you, eddie is just laughing eddie looks over and he goes why are you crying like, <laughs> he doesn't get it at all and Clark, you know, she says, I told you we put it in too early. And Clark's like, no, 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 it's fine. And before they cut the scene, he's poking around in it with the, that big fork. And you just you hear him go, well, there's the heart. And then it's so gross. There's this slow, like 360 pan around the, around the dinner table of everyone eating. And I catch a new thing. Steven, I don't know if you remember this. I catch a new thing every time I watch it, like slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Beverly D'Angelo has the turkey on her fork. She gets someone's attention, flings it off her fork, and then acts yes. like she eats it, like puts it in her mouth and is like, mm, you know. <laughs> Clark is taking a drink of like his water afterward and then just going like, like chewing on it real intensely, trying to get it to to go. Um, oh god, it's just so funny. It's it's a perfect scene of everybody doing what's good for them. The kids are fighting. Eddie. <laughs> Eddie grabs the bowl of mashed potatoes with a big wooden spoon. <laughs> he tastes them off the spoon and then just goes, hmm, yeah, and then puts them on his plate. Spoon back in the bowl, back oh, over onto the table. Oh, yeah. Eddie. yeah. It's, so, it's perfect, man. It's such a perfect scene that sums up the entire movie. That's probably that's probably my favorite part. It's not my favorite line or anything, but that that's definitely that's definitely my favorite scene overall, I think. All right, Steven, question to you. Yeah. Yes. What would you do to stop the violence on the Gaza Strip between Israel and Hamas? God damn it. Well, I guess <laughs> tell them this movie. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's a professional move right there. He's bringing it right back to you the top. Back. I can't deny it. All right. <laughs> this, show what Christmas is really about, you know? This is the part of the show where we give our review for the film. Uh, I will tell you our review scale, of course. It is two thumbs up means you love it. I got a feeling. Uh, one thumbs up means you like it. One up, one down means you're neutral. One down means you don't like it. Two down means you hate it. And a fist uh, a fist up in the air. No, two, two shoulders up shrugging means that you didn't get time to watch it. I'll I'll go first I'm going to give this two shoulders in the air shrugging because I didn't get to watch it I I really do I I hope you like it when you get a chance to see it I I can't see how I wouldn't like it I mean I I actually really love Chevy Chase at least back in these days I thankfully I have avoided all of the drama with Chevy Chase because I never watched Community, so I never got involved in yeah. all that. Chevy Chase was never spoiled to me beyond watching him on SNL and knowing what a dirtbag he turned out to be on SNL uh, t- right. t- to the point that they didn't let him come back until years later. So right. I-, I don't have the general distaste for Chevy Chase. I actually probably just like Randy Quaid more because Chevy Chase might be an asshole, but Randy Quaid is a fucking nut 
and an asshole. Yeah, at least he's not a crazy person, I guess. Right. Like he's he's an asshole, but he comes by it honest. And yeah, I love that's, that's I love fair. Beverly D'Angelo. I love eighties comedies. Yeah. So this seems like it'd be yeah. an easy W for me, as the kids would say. But what about you, yeah. Hunter? What do you what do you think? Oh, by the way, by the way, really quick, IGN. Yeah. Just want to say I the IGN Instagram followers, you're stupid. Because I saw something earlier today that was talking about how uh, Adam Driver said Kylo Ren was never supposed to have a redemption arc. He was supposed to become more evil. And someone in the comments said the Disney Star Wars trilogy is the biggest L in cinema history. And I'm like, you fucking moron. Like, I get you don't like the movies. I don't like those movies very much. But you're an idiot if you think that's the worst thing to come out of cinema. Jesus Christ, take your internet away, you piece of shit. Happy holidays. Let's go to Hunter. Yeah, that's pretty pathetic. All right, so I'm going to tie this into you asked me earlier if I thought this or Home Alone was the better movie. I did, yeah. Home Alone is the better movie. But what I mean by (laughs) that is that Home Alone is more accessible, right? More people can watch it. It has a broader range. Uh, I think it's probably the better made movie. It's it's maybe better structured overall. It has a more original premise. Um, maybe even, I might even go as far as to say that the acting overall is better in the movie. Um, not necessarily the cast, but just the performances. Uh, it's a better score. I mean, even though both of them have, have uh, great scores and soundtracks and such. Um, I still like this movie better. I still I still like this movie better. I love Home Alone and I gave it two thumbs up and I always will. These two are in, in many ways neck and neck for my favorite Christmas movies, for my favorite holiday movies. Uh, but given the choice between Christmas Vacation and Home Alone, which one am I going to watch? I'm going to pick Christmas Vacation every time. Part of it is sentimentality. Again, my dad trained me basically on on comedy <laughs> in the late 80s and early 90s uh, this is i think this is he won't say it i think this is my dad's favorite movie it's definitely his favorite christmas movie it's the kind of thing that i know when they come to visit us for christmas this year for the first time when will we go to them if i don't have it on the tv he's gonna be like put christmas vacation on he'll you know? walk out um, <laughs> he'll walk yeah, out and protest yeah, he's gonna, yeah. gonna want to see it <laughs> He and I both can quote, probably at this point quote the entire movie beginning to end. Um, there are certain things I can say to him, and I know that he'll follow it up like exactly the way it's supposed to be. Um, you know, what are you what are you looking at out there? Oh, the sparkling majesty of a winter's morn, <laughs> and an asshole in his bathrobe emptying a chemical sewer into my or toilet into my sewer. Um, <laughs> it, it's just, <laughs> it's just um, again. It might not be the better movie of the two. It might not even be the best Christmas movie. It might not be the best movie in general, but there's not a scene in it that bores me. There's not a scene in it I'm not watching intently every time that I come across it. There's nothing about it that's not funny to me other than, again, those brief couple of, like, I don't necessarily need the sexist shit in 2023. Um, But it came from 1989, so I I understand it. Uh, it. It's just one of those things that's like ingrained in me for this time of year. It's almost instinctive at this point that I'm like, just put it on It's time to watch it. And I'll watch it a couple of times. I've already seen it. This is one of the only movies, by the way, that, that I have not watched within like two days of reviewing on this show. I watched it. Sarah and I watched it when we put our Christmas tree up. So that would have been the weekend after Thanksgiving. That's how far back it's been. And this is how much I still remember about this movie. 
I could have done this without having watched it in a year, probably, and talked yeah. everything I've said about it. That's um, that's how I do a lot of the films on this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've made it a personal goal to watch every one, even if I've seen it a million times, uh, as close to the show as possible. That was as close as I could this time around, and it's still I, – I, I don't think I'm forgetting a thing off the top of my head that, that would just – leave uh oh oh my god great lines the the policeman at the end that's pretty low mister if i had a rubber hose i would beat you and then just cut him off (laughs) i uh it's just again it's infinitely quotable um it's so funny it sums up like everything that people love about the holidays and also hate about the holidays it has that great christmas feel but also like you you know what it's like to be in that situation where every fucking thing is going wrong every family member hates each other in some way they're snipping at each other things are falling apart like it's fun it's it's kind of just shamefroid it's fun to watch it happen to other people that's, right that's what it is so it is definitively two thumbs up i was wondering uh, if you were gonna like fucking Hulk get Hulk. there <laughs> <laughs> you you could have just turned on the recording and let me talk about this movie for the next two hours that's, that's what, what i should have done could have just been i would have eventually just recited the entire you movie. Need us, um, Shannon. <laughs> yeah this this is it's not just my favorite christmas movie it's legitimately one of my favorite movies of all time so as much as i think home alone is the better film if that's the question this is this is my favorite of the two it's two thumbs up no question I yield the rest of my time to Mr. Bright. <laughs> Steven, question, question to you. What was the question? Should Donald Trump be disqualified from running as president due to... No, I can't. Um, okay, hang on. I got this one. Donald Trump was in Home Alone 2. Home Alone we reviewed last week. Now we're reviewing Christmas Vacation. Steven, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, oh, thank you very man. much. Steven, what's the, best, what's the best New Year's film before we get to your answer? You keep throwing in these curveballs. It's, Come on, Shannon. It's Ghostbusters I studied, 2. I studied the material yes. you told me to study. Steven, sometimes a good <laughs> teacher will put stuff on the test that wasn't in the material they told you to study for. That's called learning. I'm twitching so hard right now. <laughs> All right, Steven. What's, uh, what's, your, what's your rating? He's going to need a minute. My kids need one. <laughs> Stop it. Who are, Steven, give us the review. Who are you to resist, huh? Come on. So, again, I grew up watching this movie. A lot of jokes flew over my head. I still enjoyed it. It's probably not my favorite Christmas movie. I will have to concede that. Let Hunter have that. Um, I, it's... It could be two things. It could, I guess. (laughs) I, it's, there's so many other, well, so many other, there's like one or two other Christmas movies I would probably prefer to watch over this, and they're not even the same genre, so I would probably just give this one thumbs up, still a phenomenal movie, I enjoy, like, like Hunter said, not a lot of, like, wasted time, uh, ever seen just flows well, it's, like, all the gags are great, it's always setting up for something to, you know, go for the punchline, so yeah, giving it a one thumbs up, um, yeah, fantastic movie. Uh, Hunter, uh, as a retort, how much respect have you lost for Steven? (laughs) I I mean, 
I mean, he would have needed but, to you know. <laughs> respect me in the first place. Oh, yeah. there you oh. go. That would have been the better bit. That's not true. <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. Again, I mean, you look at the critical response, and in the moment, it didn't like draw a ton of attention. And even in the aftermath, while a lot of people now kind of make it part of their traditions the way that I do, it's it's one of those. I mean, Shannon, how many movies do you watch, and you've never seen this, or if you have, you don't remember right. it? Like that's yeah. that's definitive. That says yeah. it. I, I will fully, fully acquiesce. Uh, and yield to the fact that this is a this is a personal choice. This right. is a movie that is ingrained in my childhood, has been a continuing tradition for my family for years. Um, when Sarah and I first got together, I, if I remember correctly, she hadn't seen it or she had and just, again, didn't really remember it. And it's one of those things now that when we put up our tree after Thanksgiving, you know, usually that weekend, we have a rotating list of like, all right, what are we watching? You know, is it going to be, are we going full comedy with christmas vacation are we going full you know sort of sentimental and classic with white christmas which i think is her favorite christmas movie if i had to guess um or are we going to split the difference with home alone and that's kind of the the enduring tradition as clark says the enduring traditions of the season um so where no do, I, I get that scrooge fit in there though i i told you man i have not seen scrooge in years it has been definitely since definitely since before sarah and i met wow so you're talking oh, wow. closing in on 20 years i'm excited to, um, for you to watch it again oh wow okay I, the, the only thing i'm worried about because she she does this she looks up you know ratings for everything that we see and and she immediately was like i'm not watching this movie this sounds gross as hell i'm not doing it I was like, that's fair. I get it because i know it is kind of uh, raunchy at moments well um, scrooge yeah yeah, Scrooge is, is, as I recall, pretty, uh, pretty out there. No, man, um, I'm, 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 I'm gonna have to look this up now. I don't remember anything raunchy about it. I'm okay. There's some nipple I'll, jokes I'll at the end. There's we'll some see. nipple jokes we'll at the see. end. But I'm, it's on a so you've really got me thinking now. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna look up the rating because I don't, I don't remember. Anything up, here's what you probably do look up the parents guide on imdb that's yeah. usually where it'll give you like the full yeah. breakdown of what you need to know I, I don't want to because again i haven't i haven't seen it in so long i don't remember like all the i i know the overall the overarching plot and everything um but i don't remember all the individual scenes and so i really want to i kind of want to hone in on that as i'm watching it again for the first time with fresh eyes in a long time i don't like the first thing i saw and I'll say it after okay. the show. It's it's nothing. Okay. I remember the scene they're talking about, but I don't like the way they describe it. I'm going to save it for off yes, the air. Please. I don't want to say it on okay. the air. Point is, let's go to the uh, the epilogues part of the show. So the, to yeah. me, this this is a hard one to do an epilogue for because most of the time with these films, the oh, epilogue. Not for me. Well, well, uh, hear me out. Hear me, hear me out. <laughs> it, it's because usually with these films, these films are some kind of fantastical film, or there's some really, you know, like Evil Dead. They're fighting zombies. Yeah. Indiana Jones. You know, he right. goes after artifacts. How do you epilogue something properly when it's just day to day life people? people. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many ways you could go with it, Hunter. I think you've got something you've got prepared. So I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say prepared, but so again, the other the other thing that makes it difficult to do this in this series uh, or in this show anyway is when it is part of a series. When you have a movie that definitely has follow-ups, and this movie has definitive follow-ups, Christmas Vacation is followed chrono- chronologically by Vegas Vacation years later. Um, which is is fine, but not nearly as interesting as some of the other things. And it's definitely not one of those again enduring traditional like uh, you watch this movie at this time of year type films. Um, so to me, it's kind of a you know uh, I guess it was like 70s 
70s, like late 70s, early 80s, there was that trend in movies where they would do that thing at the end uh, where they show like a picture of a character and tell you what happened to them. Like just give you that little epilogue of like, uh, they went on to graduate from Harvard and blah, blah, blah. Um, And that was a way to wrap up a movie. I kind of want that for this movie. So maybe it's not a full wrap up, but like the, there it's like little individual epilogues. Um, they all culminate though, in what should have been the real follow-up to this is summer vacation, right? Instead of Christmas vacation, it's national lampoons summer vacation. And it's more focused on the kids, um, not making them the stars. Don't get me wrong, but Clark gets the money in the end. He's putting in the pool, not to spoil too much for you. And he says specifically, I'm going to fly the whole family in to dedicate it. Okay, great. That's the perfect opportunity to bring back the existing characters we know now from this movie who are insane um, in various different ways and introduce new characters. Plus, Eddie can get crazier, which, of course, he does both in the movie and in real life. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But that's me. That's the movie as you follow up on those characters. What happens with them? I love the idea that they do a 180 with Eddie, that he's still a nut job. But part of the reason he's like, you know, crazy and and broke in this movie is that he's according to to uh, uh, Beverly D'Angelo's character. Why the hell is her name escaping me? Um, Ellen. Anyway, Ellen. Ellen. Thank Ellen. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she says that he's been holding out for a management position. He's out of work for like seven years. What happens if Eddie gets a shit ton of money? Like that to me is a funny concept because Clark would one hundred percent be that guy who's like jealous but doesn't want to say it and is constantly like pissed off that Eddie has more money than him. Um, again, the kids are on summer vacation, so you could do your whole separate thing with them. The family still hates each other. You got other family members that you could bring in uh, and introduce and make even crazier, a bigger ensemble cast. I think summer vacation should have been the follow-up. I want to see what happens there with, with Clark's pool uh, and everyone coming in to dedicate it and sign a, kind of the exact reversal of the Christmas setup. Uh, uh, the National Lampoon's 4th of July. That's the movie. That's what it is. Fourth they of July. get it put in in the summer and they dedicate it on Independence Day and everything builds up to Clark's big fireworks show. I know it's a little, maybe a little too similar to the, the current plot. Yeah, but that's how um, movies went back then. Yeah, that's what I mean. Home Alone 2, we were just watching before we got on the show. We were watching part of it uh, and I had forgotten just how similar it is yeah. to the first movie. It I said recycles that. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. It recycles the same, the, you know, the same characters, a lot of the same plotting, the same stuff happens. So, yeah, I think you'd get away with it. National Lampoon's 4th of July, or Independence Day. That's what I wanted to see. They couldn't do Independence Day because Randy Quaid would be in that later. But, you know. As a crazed conspiracy theorist who crashes his plane into a UFO, Again, which is which is what he really after. did. Yeah, he actually did that. Uh, Steven, does. what about you? Do, you? do you have anything you'd like to follow up with these characters on? Maybe something to do with the woman in the pool? No, I mean, she's all right, but I kind of want to focus on Clark Griswold for a moment. Now, hear me out. I feel like he needs to, they just need to kind of shift his focus on his career path and move his way up the corporate ladder and eventually become CEO of the company. And then eventually he just gets kind of bored of it. And then he goes to college where he meets a group of uh, people in his study group and they just go on oh, some Jesus shenanigans. Yeah. He's doing the, he's doing the, the Jefferson Darcy reading the, the minutes to me right now. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So, Christmas Vacation, quintessential uh, Christmas movie. Stephen does not have answers to the war in Israel. 
That's the two things I want you to take away from this I do this apologize show. for that. Oh, you should. Hunter, uh, <laughs> Hunter, what are, we, what are we doing next week? All right, so, uh, well, first, if, if you haven't noticed, if you haven't been listening to the show for some reason, fuck you, but I'm glad you're here. Yeah, um, this we, time. <laughs> this is a very interesting month. It is a double feature December on Extras and Epilogues. Um, well, we have covered a, a bunch of, well, sometimes, sometimes it's even more. It's triples. Uh, triples Shannon, are best. <laughs> I was going to say, Shannon did a, 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 a well, you want to have triples of them that way. Oh, God, we great. actually have done triples each week. There's been three episodes of Extras and Epilogues per week. Yeah, oh, shit. yeah. So, oh. so uh, what kicked it all off was Tombstone, which was meant to be the last episode of November, but it also began our uh, special feature on Michael Bean. It's been a good. It's year. been a good uh, year. And oh, so God. each week, currently, we are covering both a Christmas movie and uh, a film from the Michael Bean filmography. Plus, Godzilla minus one. Shannon did a special episode with Lindsay and, and Billy Hills yep. uh, this past week. So if you've gotten a chance to see that in theaters, you can go check that out. I am avoiding it currently only because I have not seen the movie yet. Zane Laney um, did, and he was very excited. He messaged me. Um, hell yeah. I'm calling it now since you didn't get to listen to the show. Really quick. I'm yep. sorry for interrupting. But next year is Godzilla's 70th anniversary. So yeah. set your clock, myself, Ooh. Billy Hills, and Zane Laney for the first time ever on the show. Oh, we'll be shit. talking about Godzilla. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. So see fans, you too could end up on the show in one way or another just by listening. <laughs> <laughs> so so again, the double feature of December is meant to be both our Christmas and, and our Michael Bean tribute uh, this week. So, so our first week uh, was tombstone technically our first full week <laughs> was the terminator and home alone uh very similar films uh this past week duplicates <laughs> this past week has been aliens which of course we also covered with steven uh just a couple of days ago and and uh christmas vacation here coming up on the the old chopping block we've got planet terror from michael bean's filmography yeah. and uh scrooged and then, God willing, again, the last week of the year, we're hoping to have two new episodes out. That would be then The Abyss uh, and uh, Gremlins would be how we, how we wrap that up. on What, we got what a up. great month of movies on Podzilla 1985's really Extras is. and Epilogues. This is really you know, is. some of the movies we covered have been kind of iffy and some like Dog Soldiers were downright terrible. It's true. But what a good Still the month. only thing we all definitively gave two two thumbs down. Which to. is baffling because wow. we all love the yeah. scene. We all love the film. All three of us. We rewatched it for the show and we all came out hating it. It was yeah. wild. Never yeah. seen anything. We didn't like that talk before. about it before we got on. It's, no. it's it's it remains one of my favorite episodes of this show because we all three had the simultaneous surprise. Me, you, and Kaz of wait, you hated it too? Yeah, because I think Hunter <laughs> expected at least one of us to still really like it, and uh, yeah, we did I not. Did. <laughs> we did not. No. So uh, I didn't close. Uh, that's gonna do it for us tonight. Now tomorrow we do have a new episode of After Dark on the horizon, so check that out. And then Friday, I believe, is horsey time. Uh, maybe i think yeah i love i love for it to be shout out to the gentleman who asked me what time it was at the store the other day i'm gonna repeat that story (laughs) on friday yeah i'm gonna repeat it on friday (laughs) in case he's not listening to this one anyway that is it for us tonight ladies and gentlemen the theater is closed we'll see you tomorrow for an all-new after dark steven thank you for coming on i want to end this you want to end it okay steven thank you for coming on of course uh i will be looking for your dissertation on uh vladimir putin and how we can get him (laughs) out of office um, and Hunter, thank you for being on as well. Yes, Hunter, please take of us course. out. Well, where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. 
No, nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're going to press on, and we're going to have the hap-hap-happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny fucking K. And when Santa slides his fat white ass down that chimney tonight, he's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nuthouse. Ha-ha! <laughs>